Good morning, friends, and welcome back to Live Reality Games. Actually, Happy New Year's Eve, everyone. It's nice to have a little holiday episode. This is the place where your network of creators are making your favorite shows into our reality. I'm your host, Kirk, for today, and we are here to talk about everything that just went down. Well, just went down. The episode's actually been out for like two weeks now. Uh, thanks to the holiday season, we're here for it. It's Live to Give, Fans versus Favorites versus Famous, Episode 7. And like always, this will be chock full of spoilers. So if you haven't watched it yet, get on out of here. Kristen Williams, I see you in, in the comments. No spoiling things between us, okay? Promises here. And um, if you if you haven't seen it yet, head out, hit the subscribe button, notification bell so you can hear about everything dropping in the LRG community. And as well, make sure to subscribe over at live to give so you get the uh, notifications for every episode as they come out. With us today, we have our panel from the season. First up, you know him from a while back on The Amazing Race. Bergen is back. Bergen, actually, were you on one of our podcasts before? Is this your first time? I think this is my first time. Oh, because Jillian Larson and I have talked about you so many times that I feel That's like awesome. you've already been on here. So um, Jillian and Bergen have a common interest as well, which is your charity. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so ever since I was on The Amazing Race, uh, season 26, uh, I've been raising money for Michelle's Place, which is um, a cancer resource center in Temecula, California. Um, and that's near and dear to me um, because, you know, Jillian has created this amazing reality event, Reality Rally. Check it out uh, if you haven't heard of it. But uh, it's it's just an amazing charity. Um, and I go every year and I, I've been able to raise funds for them um you know ever since i was on the amazing race i think i'm up to somewhere close to like eighty thousand dollars raised um so i'm just really really excited to head back there in may um so coming up here in 2022 how ex that's amazing bergen that you've done so much good for so many people and i'm excited julie and i are going to talk on the phone about something for LRGs to maybe get involved, yeah, um, potentially. So uh, that's going to be super exciting. That's um, awesome. So look out for that as well. If you haven't heard about it, check it out, please. Um, with us as well, Daniel, uh, from which season did you play before? And what placement did you get in the first season that you played? Uh, I played in season three. Um, thanks for having me, by the way. This is super fun. Um, <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I played in in season three, and I honestly I don't remember the exact place I got, but I I got I got booted very early. <laughs> I try to I try to forget that, but thank you for bringing that up. Hey, that's what we're here for. That's what recaps are for, man. Um, but you know, um, it, we're gonna get into it. But spoilers are are starting right now, folks. This is your last chance to get out of here. Daniel, you are the person eliminated from episode seven. It's a travesty in my opinion. Um, and, uh, you know, you're, you had an advantage that allowed you to, uh, make sure you were on the jury. I think that's a pretty cool advantage that live to give does for high donations. I think that's what it was, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah it was so, a minimum, um, I think the minimum amount of donations. Yep. 
did, do you think your earlier placement in season one really motivate you to want to be in a part of the end game this time? Yeah, absolutely. It was yeah. tough going out early and having to sit on the sidelines and not be a part of anything that's going on. Like that's, that's the worst thing ever, especially when you, when you're like brainstorming going into the event and you're like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then it all just gets cut short and you have to go home. Like <laughs> that's, that's the worst thing ever. So it was, it was a really cool, um, a really cool thing to add into this season to be able to, to sit on the jury and, and be a part of the event the whole time, the whole weekend. For a charity survivor event, it's one of my favorite twists of the season. I think it motivates players to do well, to raise more money, but also gives you a voice at the end of the game. Uh, the game I put on, Coco Pele, right there, um, everybody is a member of the jury. And I've actually thought after watching this, I'm like, oh, maybe, because ours is a very small charity. And I thought, oh, maybe we could borrow this twist in a different way because it's so unique and so fun to give everyone that voice. Um, at the end of the game, potentially. And uh, with us as well, Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It was really fun watching you in this episode because I remember distinctly filming you for a lot of those conversations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy to like look back at it. And I'm like, I kind of remember saying that. And then other times I'm like, I do not remember that conversation at all. <laughs> It's like it becomes a blur because it's so fast paced while you're out there, you know, yeah. everything just kind of blurs together. Um, and with us as well, hopefully popping in who's popped in twice, but uh, Nicole's Wi-Fi keeps going out. Nicole is uh, our production team member joining us as well as the winner of season one. Is it two season uh, something? Four. Four. Season okay. Four. So Okay, yeah, close. I'm, I don't know the history, folks. That's for everybody else that lived to give, but I knew she is a winner. Uh, she, she gives off great winner vibes, but she's like the jack of all trades. She did everything at the event from filming to running hospitality to getting on the golf cart and getting supplies to people. I mean, Nicole was a beast out of the game, so I can imagine how she is in the game as well. So hopefully she will be joining us in just a little bit. But we're here to talk about episode seven. So let's get right into it. Uh, Daniel, this is the aftermath of your rogue vote. And I think it's it's a beautiful way to start the episode because I think maybe it is really the storyline of this episode. It just really isn't uh, talked about too much. I feel like this is a little clue to what's going to happen at the end of the episode. So why did you do it? The rogue vote? Yeah, the uh, when you vo you voted, am I am I correct that you voted not with the tribe the round when Macy went home? Yeah, um, I I did. That kind of stemmed from just my you know alliance with Macy. I I told her I wouldn't vote her out. Um, there was a lot that happened in that episode. Um, I, a lot honestly there was a lot that happened in that episode that wasn't shown that, that didn't make the edit there was a lot of conversation or there were a lot of conversations that happened um to try and and convince people to keep her in the game and you know I had one-on-one -on -one conversations with just about everybody and um at the end of it I think in one of my confessionals I said something like 
you know, I'm going to do everything I can to like try and keep her in the game. Cause I knew I was going to be in trouble if she was gone. Um, but I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to keep her in the game until it puts a bigger target on my back. And I could just kind of feel, you know, the, the intensity of the conversations that we were having, trying to keep her in the game, it was starting to tip in a, in a bad direction. And so, um, yeah, I, I believe I voted for Elaine, um, just because I, I just, I told Macy I wouldn't vote for her. I knew that she was going home, uh, but I figured I would just throw a name out there and, you know, see if it, see if it did anything, but um, it, it, it didn't really have the effect that I was hoping it would. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy too, because Elaine in her confessional even says they should vote me out right now. And even uh, she calls herself, I'm a big softie. I have a huge heart. It's so hard to watch these players get voted out and I'm still in the game. And she talks about how she'll even fight harder the further she gets. So I think your instinct was kind of, kind of right, but maybe that lackadaisical, like non-confrontational attitude really works to it. Elaine's advantage. Yeah. Elaine and I, it's kind of funny. We, I, I think Elaine is like the most amazing person ever. And anyone who's ever met her would say the same thing. Um, from the beginning, we, for some reason, were just like clashing, clashing. She, in one of the first challenges, I was, we were throwing beanbags, you know, at the blocks or whatever. And, and she, she, I don't, she didn't even mean to, she thought it was someone else's. I think she thought it was Aaron's bag, but she grabs it in th my bag and throws it in the woods. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, we only have three bags to throw. And she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't, I didn't mean to. And then, you know, as you see in like the, the ball challenge, we were going back and forth, just, you know, whatever. And, and I don't know why, but we always just had something going on and it, so that may have played into it too of why I voted for her. But yeah, I, I figured if I could throw her name out there and maybe get people thinking like, oh, you know, we should probably do something about her, then then maybe, you know, you could find a crack, but unfortunately not. So I have a question for you. Were people uh, aware that you were the other person that voted for Elaine or did you keep that secret? Um, I didn't tell anybody. But I think people were, I think people knew what happened. I think they all knew who they voted for. And, you know, I, I, I'm assuming that they knew. I didn't tell anybody, but I, I'm guessing that they knew. Elizabeth, did you, did you know? I mean, I guess I didn't know for sure, but I just kind of assumed based on like knowing how other people were voting and like the conversations that were had before. But like, honestly, it, I kind of figured it was going to happen. It like, wasn't a bad thing. Like, you know, Daniel was fighting to keep his alliance in the game. And so he's going to do what he has to do. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, I, I will say I was super rooting for Macy. I loved Macy's story. When you meet her, she is so genuine. She is just such a ball of light and energy. I, I adore her to death. I loved every time I got to film her. She was always having fun in the game. It's fun to watch players have fun because they're miserable folks. Like, don't get me wrong. These players were hungry, sleep deprived, bug bitten. Like Jack's lip was swollen. Like every, everything is crazy. So like... Um, watching her and then she was out of the famous she felt the least in the celebrity umbrella right and she talked about that frequently so she felt kind of like already an outsider and 
watching her um, relationship, the budding relationship with Savannah, I thought was just gorgeous. So I didn't get to be a part of last week's episode. So I just had to talk about that really quick because I adored Macy. And I think it was actually for all of the, uh, most of the other players, I think you guys made the right choice because you took out somebody who was potentially getting themselves into a stronger and stronger position round by round. Um, but Elizabeth, you, I, I mean, you're at 14 right now. The game kind of changes at this point. You guys started with 24, was it, yeah. players? Yeah. Yikes. So you're really, I mean, the awakening that you're at the middle, midpoint of this game has to be coming to you. Do, did you feel that at all? Yeah, I felt like, you know, uh, like once we got into this whole twist, there were, I believe, eight or nine of us on our tribe. And then we had like six. I'm like, okay, so it's a lot harder to pick people to vote out. And like, you're forming like better relationships with people, which makes it even harder. And it's just like, the numbers are dwindling. And I didn't even think I'd make it that far. So that was just kind of like, okay, now what? Yeah. And so uh, let's, let's get right into it. I love so much about live to give, but guys, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you on this one. Elizabeth, can you break it down again? How did we get these tribes? How are they divided? Yeah. So it was basically the winner's tribe and the loser's tribe from a previous challenge that was more so a physical challenge or endurance type challenge, picking out golf balls and making sure and you have all the high numbers and not the low numbers, stealing from other people. And so, you know, I was on the tribe with the people who had lost or had lower numbers in that challenge. And then the other tribe was the winning tribe who had the higher numbers. So obviously like the winning tribe is gonna be stronger, most likely in physical type challenges because they had just won a physical type challenge to get all on that tribe. Like it's a tribe of, all of the winners. So we're divided into winners and losers. And um, Alex, Bergen, real happy about the winners truck. <laughs> yeah, I'm, su I'm sure that that probably felt amazing, actually. But you know, in Live to Give's defense, the challenge in theory is both social like it's socially strategic, right? And it's also a physical challenge as well as kind of being a puzzle, like who has which number. So so in their defense, it, it was that. It just ended up, I think, like you get, you get these games in theory, it's such a good idea, but then when it plays out, the players and us as production realize that the physical component is the dominant leading component of the challenge. And that's where this part stings at the beginning of this episode. So we're going to get right into it, guys. So it's 15 minutes in. We just did the aftermath. We get to the challenge, and it is one of my favorites, Bergen. It is the um, knock knock the idol off of the totem. And um, Alex wants to ask you about your strategy in that challenge. Oh, I think he's referring to the golf ball challenge. So oh, I yeah. think it was um, a physical challenge. I think it was more strategic, at least in my, ah. my purview, because um, we had the option to get a donation in an envelope. And so my strategy was, okay, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be gassed if I just run back and forth, back and forth, or if I'm stealing from others. So I went to get the donation 
envelope, which was just like a white, white envelope. I put it sideways in my bin and then I took all the high number golf balls and put it behind my envelope so that no one could see like, oh, Bergen's got all these high colored balls. So if you looked at my bin, it looked like I wasn't performing well at all. But in fact, I had like all of the highest number of balls behind this envelope, which in turn actually helped. And so I didn't have people running to my bin to steal from me. So in my view, it was more of a strategic competition versus, you know, a physical. But yeah, Alex was talking about. Yeah, that's a that's a brilliant strategy. Now, how many envelopes were there? Just one or or multiple? There were four. There was four. Yep. Okay. Wow. So, wow, that really makes me think about trying to hide your your numbers. You know, if there was any other way, players could have done that. Do you do you think there could could you have left your balls out of the bucket somehow? No, because then they wouldn't have counted. Um, So I think really the only opportunity was, and you could see like no one really picked up an envelope. I keep me honest, Daniel or Elizabeth, but. I don't think anyone really picked up an envelope for a little bit until they were like, oh, no one's going for the envelopes. And so then I was like, oh, gosh, we're at a charity event. Why not go get more money for my charity? Like it's sitting right in front of me. (laughs) Yeah, I did not grab an envelope, which I should have. My strategy there was just to go and grab as many balls as I could. And clearly that that didn't work out well. So props to you, Bergen, for, for thinking of that strategy. That was good. I just knew I would be gassed. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of people after that that challenge. I mean, we were tired. I think it was only a couple of minutes, but we were gassed. Oh yeah, everybody was spent after the after that was done. And uh, I I love the the edit. If you guys at home, if you haven't watched Live to Give, you're going to see the best editing of any live uh, amateur Survivor game you could watch anywhere. Um, the sound is great. The video quality is amazing. And you get so many more confessionals than you ever get in any other episode. Um, Elaine coming back to the game at this point or coming to at, to the challenge with the like plotting music in the background is like one of the funniest things. <laughs> like kudos, guys. Good job, Hunter or whoever that was. Um, and then we break it. This... Okay, so this is just completely unbalanced for this challenge. Let me just put it out there. It is crazy. So it's the challenge where you're holding the idol and you have to knock the other person's idol off. Well, we have a tribe of almost all men with Serena. And then um, Daniel, an elder on the other tribe. And uh, these guys have longer wingspans. They are taller. They, I mean, there's just a lot physically going going for you bergen um that said megan scored a point against you she did she was hilarious in the competition i don't know if you remember seeing it but she had this tactic of she'd look look at me and we had a really good relationship we had we're just on a tribe together uh, a few rounds prior and so we built a good rapport and um so we we were just trying to have fun and if you remember watching her her strategy was to literally look across at me and make these like high pitch like sounds and then just run straight at me but what she didn't realize is like you can't really do that because you still have to balance your owl right so i got her the first round but she definitely got me this round it was hilarious 
Sorry, guys. I, I had to hop off. My AirPods died and I, my phone speaker wasn't working. Can you hear me okay? Yes. You sound great. <laughs> I'm out um, of breath because I'm running around the freaking house looking for... <laughs> Anyways, oh, it's sorry. It's just it's just like the last challenge. We're yeah, I know. For golf balls, um, running around looking for AirPods. Um, <laughs> yeah, my favorite part is it totally gave me Tony vibes when Allah speaking llama to Cass <laughs> in, in that season. And then my favorite part is Brandon because she's like screaming at the end the second time. He goes, That's "You awesome. just scored." <laughs> which I think is like a close uh, third place for maybe best alternative title of the episode. This title we haven't talked about, which is, um, I think you, uh, what is it? You got greedy or, oh, Lance says it. Oh, I forget it. I should probably know this. (laughs) I should know it too. I wrote it down. I just can't find it in my notes. Something about getting greedy, which is the episode title. But I think, the other maybe best and better title choice should have been Angie's quote to Lance in the middle of the challenge. If you remember Elizabeth, which was whatever you do to a man do to me. (laughs) Yeah. I think after she said it, like she just had this look on her face. She's like, I didn't mean it that way, (laughs) but it was hilarious. (laughs) She goes in the challenge in, in the challenge. Yeah. The look on her face as she slowly realizes the the connotation of that is is just is priceless. Yes. And then um, I these were all my favorite titles of the episode. All came during this challenge. And then of course, um, every time Elaine says Janicky's name, she goes, "Let's go, Janky, right here." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so. <laughs> and it didn't matter how many times people corrected Elaine. She continuously could not put that extra A in Janicky. <laughs> she had nicknames for everybody. <laughs> burger, <laughs> old, old Burger. Old Burger, burger Boy. Burger boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of Elaine, she killed it in this challenge. So um, I don't remember the tribe names. Honestly, the other thing I get so confused about when I watch this season of Live to Give is I don't know who's on whose team. Like, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. I was on orange, purple, and now I'm on the losing team. Which, <laughs> how, do you, how do you make the spreadsheet for this season? I can't wait to see it because it, it's going to be complicated. But that said, Elaine, everybody has lost on your team, Elizabeth and Daniel. And then Elaine comes in just like that pinch hitter, right? And she's up against Serena, somebody who in theory is, you know, younger, maybe she's, Serena's athletic. Like she's got, she's got a good shot at this. And Elaine like hops to victory. It's the coolest thing. She like bunny hops right in and boom, takes it down. And then that sets up a series of leads where um, you, your guys' team really comes through. Um, both uh, Daniel and Elizabeth, both of you score a point. Um, and then uh, Ryan, is it? Yeah. Ryan comes in for the final yeah. point, right? Yeah, Didn't Elder. Mean, yes. Yeah. Or Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, um, other, other yeah. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> other. <laughs> other Ryan. <laughs> so, uh, so, Bergen, you win immunity. It's got a uh, question. Are you still safe? Yes. Yeah, because at that point, I think I had only gone to two, three. I think three. I've been to three tribals at that point. Okay. So I have four. Um, so I'm still safe for, I think, one more at this point. Yep. 
Yeah. And you talk about your game is go is going, you know, going swimmingly. It's going the right path. The only decision you would have changed maybe is um, trying to save McCray. Um, but there wasn't any possibility. I just had a question, like a hypothetical. If if McCray was was still in the game, do you do you see the two of you working together pretty tightly moving forward? I think at, at first I would have worked with McCray. Um, obviously we have the same last name, so there's gotta be some kind of bond right okay. there. But um, he's just so hard to read sometimes. He, he kind of beats to his own drum. Um, and so I don't know if I would have been able to work with him long-term, but at least in the beginning, I definitely didn't want to see him go um, you know, right away. I also, I'm confused as to why that was like my storyline at that point in the game, because I feel like that was from like maybe round one. Um, and so I, I, maybe I just didn't have a confessional or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, it did. It did seem like an early, like a Franken bite of a confessional kind of placed into another location. I did enjoy the editing in the sense that you bring this up. I think everybody got somewhat of a confessional or they were seen in conversation. Yeah. Nobody got a purple edit. And I've loved that about this season. Yep. It's, it's, it's wonderful for being a charitable event. And these editors put in so many hours of hard work. They still give each player the consideration that I wish Survivor would do. <laughs> cough, cough, Heather. <laughs> give people a chance. Like, yeah. like even boring people, let them be boring. Let us see boring if they're boring. Like, let it yeah. be. <laughs> but um, thank you, Live to Give, for letting us see everything, or as much as you can show us in thirty-minute episode. Um, everybody, there's there's so much happening, Bergen, on on your tribe, and you guys are still, even though you're immune, it seems like a lot of people are still talking about the vote. Yeah. So, well, I mean, obviously, we were happy yet again to to win another immunity, and I think that was we were on such a high from there, but we went back to camp and, you know, after winning several times, we were like, okay, we can't just sit around and, you know, just, just do nothing. Right. We still need to play the game. And so I think a lot of us were trying to figure out what was coming up next. Right. There was a lot of speculation when we got back to camp, we're trying to count the numbers and figure out, okay, there's maybe a merge coming you know, how are they going to divide that? Are we going to make it another night? Like it, it was kind of mass chaos. And then we got into talking about who we thought the, this, this tribe would vote out. And so we, we all expected, I'm like, Oh, this is the chance to, to take a lane out. Right. Why, why would they not take a lane out at this point? You know? And so I think that was the, the big conversation point. And then, you know, obviously the other, big conversation point for us was still finding, you know, Derek's idol. Um, and so I think those, those three points were, were the conversation piece around camp when we got back. So it seems like everybody knows about the idol since um, Serena went into the bag. Is that, is that true? Yeah, I think it, it the word got around very quickly. Okay. I mean, I think, at that point, there was maybe five or six of us sitting around the, the camp. And so if if there was anyone, it was maybe one or two two people that didn't see it. But they obviously heard very quickly because uh, pretty much everyone knew except for Derek. I think it's it's really strange. And I don't know when, when this happened in the filming, but I did film a confessional of Derek's 
where he literally says to the camera, and I, I don't think it was in the episode. I watched it twice, but literally says, like, I hope they're not looking through my bag. And I want to say it was that confessional it where did. they were. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There, <laughs> there you go. I was like, and I could I could see it in the background. I was like, oh, my gosh. this As it be- pans back and <laughs> grabbing it from his bag. <laughs> it was perfect editing. Like It, it couldn't have been better. You know, and this tribe is super interesting because everybody's got a game plan, but it doesn't seem like anybody's game plan totally lines up like a perfect puzzle piece. I mean, it's like, okay, so Lance is talking about how he he really likes Carter, their relationships like glue from the past. Serena's like a sister, but then Carter says his rider dies with James um, this is where Lance says, uh, start getting greedy is where he says people will start getting greedy at this point in the game for their charities, which I think is probably one of the underlying thing that switches uh, or makes people make some of the decisions they do in the game. Um, Ryan is telling us that Derek is the most trustworthy, but Derek feels like he's Carter's side deal. I mean, you see this like spider web and it's just, it's so messy Bergen. And so the one thing they don't tell us in this episode is who's your, who's your person? Yeah, it it was crazy because when we got onto this, this swap, um, I hadn't worked with several of the, the people that, that joined my, my tribe. I mean, I hadn't seen Lance. I hadn't seen James. I hadn't seen Ryan Vanessen, Carter. I mean, there's so many people that I hadn't worked with. Um, All the people that I worked with went home. Um, And so I, my at that point in the game um i was still very loyal to serena i said i would i would stay with her you know as far as i could in the game um cam and and james those were kind of my three people that um i was going to stay loyal to until the end uh one of the interesting things i saw derek doing was uh he'd get into situations and then he'd throw other people under the bus pretty quickly. Um, He starts mentioning throwing favorites under the bus, including, I think that is you, Daniel, you were a favorite on the other team. Uh, Did you catch him saying that? And, you know, is that a good, was, do you think that was a good tactic for Derek at that point? Um, I didn't personally, uh, catch him saying anything or hear anything that like was going to impact me. I don't know if that would have been a good strategy. I mean, it, you know, I, on my tribe, we were, we had, uh, I think we had like five, four, four or five favorites. Almost all the favorites were together on our tribe. And so it, it probably would have been a good strategy because honestly, the favorites weren't as tight as like, it wasn't like, team green all the way it was it was kind of a total crapshoot with the with the favorites and so i i it could have caused a little bit of chaos and who knows what would have happened but it would i don't think it would have been a bad strategy it it kind of makes sense because again you have that there's that like green shirt alliance that's not an alliance but is an alliance in the game because you get that you constantly see that right in front of you even though that's really not a group of players who have been really playing the game. And I found that fascinating, but again, it is so hard to watch because I get so confused 
Is it the purple bandana? Is it the shirt? Is it the winner, the loser? I just can't follow it. So it's like the editing. For me, what would be best? This is this is like um, South African Survivor or, or maybe Australian Survivor. Where at the bottom, they would give us a little bit more of the progression of where their teams have been. And that's a very constructive criticism. I know it would take forever to do, but it would help in these really awesome seasons with lots of swaps um, to help me remember where everybody was. Um, and then I find it interesting. You know, I love my boy, Jack. Jack's come and played Coco Pele here in Michigan. He's played every LRG. Let's be kidding. Right. Um, and he's always, uh, he says he's always a target. I mean, Bergen, it must be awesome having somebody on your team that is potentially always going to be a target. <laughs> yes and no. But in my opinion, I think Jack kind of got forgotten in 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 this round and, and maybe the round before because all he did was sleep <laughs> i mean every time we got back to, to camp he'd just go lay down and you know and uh and kind of wait for things to happen so honestly i think i kind of forgot about jack in in a couple of these rounds because he you know he i think he was just his strategy was i'm gonna come back and i'm just gonna play low and like see if i can um, make it a little further in the game but you know i'm i'm learning from from the edit that he actually had some pretty strong connections um in the game literally lay low like as low to the ground as possible. <laughs> literally <laughs> and, <It's just> open. <laughs> and exactly which is also his strategy for winning the challenge to get back into the game right which was go to sleep <laughs> yes. it wasn't study it was go to sleep wake up and cram so that i'm sure that's his strategy here is like go to sleep wake up uh make a move real quick we got to make a move buddy exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, i love this dude he is so fun to watch um all right let's let's get into let's get into the real spicy stuff elizabeth you're kind of in the middle of, it feels like in the edit you're in the middle of the road at this tribal kind of kind of uh pulling the reins of this uh chariot with your conversation with you and Angie, how much of it was the two of you making the decision here or how much of it wasn't? Um, I would say like a fair amount was making the decision, but also like it was kind of agreed upon. Like, I don't think that we had necessarily like come up with the plan because I feel like I usually tried not to throw like names out because I was just like, honestly anyone but me and I felt like for me at least like I had strong connections with like Elder and with Janicky and Elaine from like the first tribe we were on and then I had been working with like Angie and Megan so I'm like okay well you know who has like the strongest connections here and like I had not really talked to Daniel a lot and I had felt bad also because we had just voted out Macy so it was just kind of like okay, well, I feel like it's either going to be Daniel or maybe it's going to be me or maybe it's going to be Elaine. Like, I don't know. I kind of felt that I was in the middle. And if like, you know, people possibly saw that, they could have just turned and they're like, oh, well, I mean, why not just vote out Elizabeth? So it's kind of like difficult to maneuver all of that. Absolutely. And like Daniel, a lot of people are saying when you guys return, morale is really low at this point. And so if you're feeling like you're potentially your name is out there on the block, you're also working with people whose egos are kind of like uh, not, not fall at this moment. So that must be really difficult to navigate. Yeah, uh, it was tough to that tribe was 
kind of brutal to lose back to back or even I don't know back to back to back challenges <laughs> with, with you know in challenges that all seemed physically based where we we walk in and even just you know you walk in and you see the challenge and instantly you're just like oh like we don't have a chance here like we already know we're gonna lose this but then you have to go forward and try your best and then you end up losing it like you thought and then you have to go and vote someone off and then you go and do it again and you walk in and it's a physical challenge again and you're like oh my god <laughs> like, oh and then you lose and you have to go vote someone off again like it was tough and uh yeah i mean I, for someone, you know, I went into the game, I, I consider myself somewhat of a physical player. I like, you know, I'm, I'm a competitive person. I like, I like that stuff. That's kind of the strength in my game to go in and try my hardest and just lose over and over. <laughs> like, this is the worst thing in the world. And it was tough. And then knowing that like my closest, you know, Alliance member was going home and that as much as I tried, there was nothing I could really do because the numbers were just set. Um, that was that was tough as well. So it was it was a emotionally draining tribe to say the least. I I totally empathize with you guys. I've been on that tribe before in a game of Survivor where it's like you just try so hard, and the you know you're four people left, and the other tribes eight people left, and you're like, what am I doing wrong here? And um, this is why hashtag Daniel and Macy for second chances live to give. Please and thank you. Yes. Second, second chance tribe. I'm voting for you too. <laughs> I promise you, I am. <laughs> I think you deserve it. Um, yeah. So Elaine starts throwing your name out there, Daniel. I hear that in the conversation to Elder. So she's kind of working Elder uh, that you and Angie are dangerous is the names that she, that she threw out. And I found this interesting too, because at some point, um, Angie mentions um, wanting to work with you as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like looking at my game. Honestly, I think it was probably a good move to vote me out because I, like, I was hoping for a merge, and like, I don't know. I I had a lot of, I did have a lot of uh, people that I was close with on the other tribe. Um, you know, I was close with Carter and James, um, even Ryan, cause Ryan and I were on our original tribe together, even Bergen. I wanted to work with you Bergen. And I know we talked about that a little bit. We never got to play together really, but I think we would have, we would have hit it off. And, um, even Serena too, I, Serena and I had a conversation at like the social mm -hmm. <laughs> and we were just like, Oh, cause I volunteered in season in her season. I think it was season four. Um, and I saw her play and I was like, oh, she, she plays a really good game. I'd love to play with her. And so I just told her that at the social and she's like, absolutely. I want to play with you too. And we never got a chance to play together, but even her on the other tribe. And so I, I would have been set up really well, I think, going into the merge. Um, so unfortunately it is what it is, but it was probably the right, the right move for the, for the tribe to vote me off. And that's the hard thing with these swaps is because I, I totally agree. Daniel was one of the, the people that I probably spoke to the most at the social. And yet we never got swapped on the same tribe. So I never even got a chance to play with him before he got voted out. Yep. 
Yep, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back to my criticizing of the, of the twist. I, it goes back to so many different Survivor se seasons because this is what should have happened, right? Instead of like a winner losers, I always think you should put agency. Like it's, it's a good idea if the challenge was more maybe puzzle based, like really puzzly, puzzly based. I think, uh, because otherwise, I think the, the swaps are best done with a schoolyard pick. Because whenever we give the players agency to be strategic about their choices, the game is always, whenever the players can make choices, the game is interesting. When the game makes choices for the players, it's never as interesting. And so I would, I would have loved to see the, the totem pole hierarchy or what players would try to do to try to mask who their alliances are by picking teams at this point, I think would have been so much more interesting. And even if it wouldn't have been interesting for the editors, you can just cut it out like Survivor does frequently. So, so I would ask the production teams of lots of live games to think about going back to that and just cutting it out of the edit if it's not interesting. Because I think we have a whole different... The, the game is totally different at this point if that happens as opposed to a winners versus losers tribe, which I'm sure, Bergen, you would not <laughs> be happy about because you won twice. I get it. Um, you know, another thing, we see Elder kind of going back to his old ways from his previous um, experiences. He is out. He is no longer safe in the game. And he is out looking for idols, searching high and low, wanting to find one to save his butt like last time. And he mentions his top three. In fact, we know Elder's Alliance at this point in the game. And it is Elaine, Janicki, and you, Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, and I think that probably stems because we had all been on like the original tribe together and we had done well in the challenges. Um, so I was kind of surprised because he had thrown my name out like in previous episodes, but I think that was more so like, oh, we hadn't really talked much, but <laughs> it was like, good to hear my name in that context instead this past episode. Yeah. So we shall, we shall see more uh, as this <laughs> relationship uh, develops moving on. That's, that's so true, Alex, that's a good point. It's a very, very good point. But when you need numbers, you'll, you might do anything or change your mind. Um, I find Megan so hilarious from everything you were talking about, Bergen, to like her confessionals. I am dying constantly. I love Megan. She is so funny to me. She's a vibe for sure. Yeah. When she says, like she loves sleeping at night so much. She's like, keep me around. I love sleeping around at night in her confessional. I'm like, I'm like, wait, isn't this the part of Survivor that nobody likes? <laughs> <laughs> and Megan loves it. Uh, just just give me more. Just give me more confessionals, Megan. Give me, give me more Megan. I'm here for it. <laughs> She's hilarious. <laughs> um, and let's see. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I think that wraps up a lot of what your tribe was talking about. Is there anything I'm missing, uh, Elizabeth or Daniel, from your pre-tribal council conversations? Um, I think that there was a, a level of, like, there were a lot of different layers in that tribe because, you know, I, I definitely thought that green would stick together a little bit more than they more than they did um because we had i mean we had by far the majority on that tribe 
And if the favorites could have just, you know, stuck together and said, Hey, let's just get to the merge, you know, bring all the favorites to the merge. We'll be fine. Um, so that was playing in the back of my mind a little bit. Um, that obviously didn't happen. I, you know, it is what it is, but there was also like just the, the layer of kind of like PTSD from my season three of getting blindsided to where I was so paranoid about everything. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, am I going to get blindsided? But also like always expecting going into tribal to get blindsided just because it's like, I've been there before. And if you expect it, then you're not surprised by it. So like, I think that probably played into my social game negatively, honestly, because I, I didn't, build strong enough relationships with people because i was just like well they're just gonna blindside me anyways and so i think that you know there was that level of my game but from a tribe standpoint it was a, it was an interesting group of people you know to say the least fun group of people but um very unique yeah and kind of like going off of what daniel said like with like green sticking together i was that's what kind of worried me because i'm like okay well there are four of them and then there's elaine who's purple and then there's me who who's orange so i'm like this could have easily gone like a different way. And I think like the past tribal councils probably had an effect on what happened in this tribal council, but I feel like it wasn't really, I mean, it didn't seem as much of an issue as like I thought that it was in my head at least. And I do wish one, I want to say one more thing. I do wish that Janaki and I could have come together and like, played a little bit of the game more because we were i i was genuinely feeling like water under the bridge from when she blindsided me in season three i was genuinely feeling that a little part of me wanted to like eventually you know pull something because i think it would have been fun and you know but uh i wish we could have made a couple more moves together and then um i was planning on doing something to get her out of the game eventually just you know karma but um no i that didn't end up happening but it would have been fun she did vote with you though, right? On this, so you guys were kind of aligned. This she she oh. voted. She didn't vote for me. I don't. I don't. I don't Got know it. if she was voting with me, but she didn't write my name down. Got it. Yeah. What was what was the breakdown of the votes? I didn't write it down. I think it was four. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it was a really interesting tribal in the sense that the players were not talking about anything related to actual tribal council social relationships for quite a long time. You guys mostly talked about the other tribe, your morale being low, feeling defeated from the challenge. So it was a lot of like, I could tell it was just savvy players not answering anything, not giving away any details. And I'm like, okay, where's, where's something? And we didn't really get a lot. But what we did get, Elizabeth, I really, uh, what you talked about really spoke to my heart because we're not always on top in life. There are times we lose. There's times we're on the bottom. And you just, you, you, the sentiment that you said losing brought us closer together really meant a lot to me. And um, I understood where you, where you were coming from. Yeah. Like it felt like, I mean, at that point, we kind of knew there was nothing we could do to change what had happened. And like, we went into that challenge, like we saw the challenge and we're like, oh no, we're going to lose. But then like coming out of it, like the fact that it was closer, like we were kind of worried at one point, like we weren't going to score any points. But then once we kept starting to score, then that just kind of like brought our morale up and we were like, hey, like we can do this. We can work together. Like we're cheering each other on. Like we're working together as a tribe. 
And like, I think that brought us closer together. And like, even though obviously like we were down because we had lost, like it wasn't as bad as like the previous challenges because it didn't really feel like as much of a loss because we gained more from it. Interesting. Yeah. I appreciated their comeback because there's one thing I, I absolutely despise is kind of the broy culture. Um, I've seen it in corporate environments and now, you know, I even saw it in this game when we went into kind of our, our breakout of tribes. And so when we started out on that six run, they were all like, Oh, we got this in the bag, whatever. So it was almost like a slap of reality for a few of them to see that like, Hey, we all, we actually almost lost. And like, you could see the fear in their eyes. So I, I really appreciated it. And, you know, getting to watch Elizabeth's, um, you know, comment at the tribal was just, was just the icing on top. Absolutely. It was, it was, it was the moment and it, it's, it's, it's terribly tough. It's such a tough game for people at home that have never played it, that just analyze it from at home because you're trying to build bonds, but then you have to vote out a Daniel from the game or in a lane to people who you enjoy being around that you uh, like strategizing with potentially. And there you have to make this choice. Um, but because Daniel raised enough funds, he's not out of the game. He is going to be back in every single episode and will help crown the winner of this season of Live to Give. That's super exciting. Um, Elizabeth Bergen, you guys are still in it to win it. It's exciting. We'll see. Yeah. We <laughs> shall see. Um, thanks, guys, for popping on the podcast. This was fun. This was super fun. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. Yeah, lots of fun. Thank you. Absolutely. Happy New Year. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 2021 is over. <laughs> yes, finally. I don't know if I'm going to do any resolutions. I always end up yeah. not doing any of them. I, I write a bunch down and nothing ever happens. So we'll see. Okay. Does anybody else have any resolutions? No. no. <laughs> you don't do resolutions either. I thought of I thought of two and they're so lame. Like I want to work out more again. Like, and, yeah. Eh, boring boring yeah. it's not like i'm not gonna eat sugar or give up i don't know something i don't know <laughs> anyways yeah um this was super fun guys but um we don't have production with us uh, my question is now to you guys do you know when the next episode is dropping this sunday yeah, yeah. sunday all right so we're looking at in two days live to give on youtube we'll be dropping episode eight and it's it's gonna be fun. Should be a good one. It's a good That's one. All we can say because we're not official spoiler people. So <laughs> I think we um, no spoilers. I know that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I thank you, Kristen Williams, for not being in the chat. I appreciate it. Last time she had to go back and delete comments. <laughs> we thought we had to delete the whole stream. Thank you, Kristen, for doing that for us. Uh, Daniel Elizabeth, it's been a joy as always. And Bergen, thanks again for telling us a little bit more about Michelle's place. We'll be talking with Jillian Larson uh, in 2022 a little bit more about the charity and Reality Rally and everything you can do to be a part of it as well. And until next time, friends, we'll see you in 2022. Peace out.